I'm Quinn Lundquist. Welcome to Viral. This is the show where two public health nerds talk about the history of plagues, disease outbreaks, and the people who work behind the scenes to keep us safe and healthy. Burr, 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 burr. Happy National Public Health Week! Yay! Did the public health fairy give you anything cool this year? Well, thanks for asking. Just evidence-based science and policy recommendations, same as every year. That's not too bad. I got plague-infected lice. Why are we in the same room right now? That's uh, fine. You'll oh be my good. god, you're itching right What doesn't now. kill you makes you stronger. Actually, this uh, might kill you. Find out more about that in our previous episode. <laughs> okay, so what is the theme for day one of National Public Health Week? The theme for day one is... Drum roll. <laughs> behavioral health. Nice. This actually happened to be my concentration in graduate school. Whoa. Yeah. Behavioral science and community health, to be more specific. Nice. The field of behavioral health is all about advocating for and promoting well-being through mental health and behavior modification strategies. Exciting. Yeah. So what story do you have to share with us that is related to that? All right. Are you excited? I am going to tell you all about my favorite biopsychosocial model, the trans-theoretical model of behavior change. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, it's been really nice having listeners. Well, well, we have them, I guess. No, 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 no. I promise this will be interesting. Please give me a chance. Okay. Well, you have like one chance. Actually, I think behavior change theory is pretty interesting. Um, it's taking me back to my, you know, my uh, theoretical class, my MPH. So thank you for that. So, uh, yeah, let's do this. All right. James O. Prochaska was born in 1942 and grew up in a small neighborhood in Dearborn, Michigan. My home state. His father worked on the assembly line and his mother was a part-time waitress. In his own words, he learned to appreciate the wisdom of ordinary people whose vocations included included catching fish and frogs, shared with the neighbors. Is that what you did? Yeah, growing up in Michigan for sure. Shared frogs. Pure Michigan. Talented seamstresses, auto mechanics, barbers, cooks, parents, and storytellers. It's very sweet. However, sadly, he watched his father slowly succumb to alcoholism. It made him feel helpless to watch this happen to his family, and he decided to pursue a career in psychology. Now, James Prochaska was observant and persistent. He got his bachelor's degree, his master's degree, and finally his PhD in psychology at Wayne State University in Detroit. After seven years on the faculty at the University of Rhode Island, he went to Rhode Island for a change of pace. You know, I imagine after going to school in Detroit for 10 plus years, you would want to change a pace, maybe. Don't be hating. I'm not hating. But after seven years of working on the faculty, he hadn't yet brought in a grant and only had seven publications to his name. That may seem like a lot for most people, but when you're a professor, you're expected to, like, publish a whole bunch if you want to become tenured. I'm, like, sweating for him, just, like, hearing that. (laughs) Eventually, he did become tenured, And beginning in 1977, he and several colleagues began developing a model to explain how people go from never wanting to do something to kind of wanting to do something to doing it 
maintaining it and what happens when people relapse. He tried to break up the way people make decisions into several distinct categories that made some sense. This model, which ended up becoming named the trans-theoretical model of behavior change, involves six main stages. Pre-contemplation, the nah I'm not interested in that stage. Contemplation, the hmm, maybe someday stage. Preparation, all right, I'm doing this. I just have to get ready stage. Action, let's do this. Maintenance, keeping it up. And termination. Pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. Done with that. Mm -hmm. The cool thing about this theory is that it can be applied to almost anything, especially health behaviors like exercising, quitting substances like tobacco, alcohol, or other drugs, eating healthier, or even managing a chronic condition. It also helped researchers recruit and retain participants for various studies and programs if they knew what approximate stage of change a person was in. This makes sense. And, you know, if you think about it, if you're a smoker and you're not even thinking about giving up smoking, the pamphlet that someone hands you about the risks of smoking is probably going to do nothing for you. You're probably going to throw it away. But if you don't, if you hold on to it and later when you happen to be in contemplation or preparation stage, this pamphlet might have an entirely different effect on you, even though it's mm -hmm. technically the same words and the same pictures or whatever. Um, that's just a crude example. But since the model was first developed, Prochaska has developed applications to health-related behaviors like, I said, smoking, diet, exercise, and safe sex practices – and to mental health-related problems like alcohol and drug abuse, stress, um, and distress. He's also developed interventions that can help accelerate changes in problem behaviors, like if you identify that you are wanting to quit smoking or you're wanting to reduce your alcohol consumption or do make a health-related change, um, a therapist or a health provider, if they know about this, model of behavior change, they can use certain techniques to prod you into the next mm -hmm. step to kind of move you along into action. Um, and, you know, this model became a really big, important part of psychotherapy. It's not international adoption is doubtless in part because it can be applied to so many areas of life. Um, after all, as health researchers know so well, Many major illnesses like cancer, diabetes, heart disease, etc., result from preventable behaviors like smoking, bad diet, and inactivity. Of course, there are some criticisms of this theory. Some feel the dividing lines are arbitrary and that there really are more than six defined stages at which people make decisions. Also, the theory assumes that individuals typically make coherent, stable, and rational decisions using logic. Hmm. Do we do that? Oh, all the time. All the time. We know this is not true. However, the overwhelming consensus is that this model, along with many other models of behavior change, has been beneficial for helping millions of people make positive changes in their lives. And we have Dr. James Prochaska to thank. That will be all for today. We want to let you know that this if this is your first time listening to Viral, we have a website. 
Visit us on www.viral-pod.com to sign up for email alerts and to learn more about the show. Also, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever people are, you know, reviewing podcasts like Stitcher or uh, Pocket Casts. Well, we do have a Facebook page. Yeah. People can leave reviews there. But we'd really love to hear from you. If you have a suggestion for a future topic, let us know using the email form on our site. Our intro and outro music is Take Your Medicine by the Quick and Easy Boys. And as always, remember to wash your hands. I'm Quinn Lundquist. And I'm Lindsay Grove. We'll be back tomorrow for Day 2 of National Public Health Week to talk about communicable disease. Ooh.